Hey, what's up? We are back here in Whistler as Canucks training camp continues to wind down. The final scrimmage of camp is in the books. Team White, the rested team, Drance. 3-0. 3-0. Wins 3-1, yes, to complete the sweep this this camp. You know, we do a lot of this. We do a lot of this, and we are going to continue to do a lot of this. Schedule loss stuff, the importance (laughs) of rest. Like, Uh the amount that we've learned about the role it plays. Ten years ago, you know, it would have been like, this team didn't want it. It's like now we're just like they're tired. Yeah. You know, it's a totally different world. But my two rules, my two rules to this point uh, of the Canucks season, we haven't seen games that count yet. But the younger team loses in Penticton is one of my rules. Mm. The younger team, at least as described by the number of U21 players you have on a roster, went. Uh, the older team won four of six up in uh, up in Penticton, and then today, and then today we had. A clean sweep. Yep. The Lambs to Slaughter lost to the Slaughterers as one does. Uh, good. I thought it was fun. And the was atmosphere in here the was, atmosphere was great. great. Fantastic. Yeah. Fans were into it. They're, I, they're, this must have topped 1,000 people today. It was packed, 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 like to the point where people were, you know, sitting in the steps down to the to the seats, yep. sitting, sitting, standing everywhere. Tons uh, of kids on find. shoulders, like a ton of people with their kids on their shoulders so they could see. Um, awesome! Really cool. Great, uh, great environment. A couple there. of pretty fun moments too. I mean, the one that stood out to me uh, was uh, JT Miller laying the boom down on Elias Pettersson. As Elias Pettersson, uh, you know, did showed off his puck handling ability. Cut to the middle, and uh, JT Miller steps in and puts him on the ice. Yep, springs a four on one the other way. And I mean, you love to see it. You love to see the competitiveness, the fire right away, Dranson. Absolutely. I, I also liked Kuzmenko picking JT Miller's pocket. And scoring what turned out to be the game winner, right? That was uh, that was a nice sequence, particularly because it's one thing to turn over a puck from. Hey, we're back. It's Canucks Hour. A little bit of technical difficulties, technical difficulties here on the road in Whistler, but we're fighting through it. We're back up on the air. Jamie Dodd, Thomas Drantz here with you for another half an hour. And right now, Canucks general manager Patrick Alvin speaking to the media. We will take you live to hear his comments. Yeah, I, I think that it's really valuable, and you see the, the development staff interacting with the uh, you know the, the younger players, but also being around you know the big team here. I think that's that's key. Um, uh, it's always good for the you know for the younger players to be part of training camps and learning the process, what it takes to to establish yourself as a pro player. Patrick, what can you, what can you tell us about Brock being held out of? Ah, uh, I mean, uh, it's a beautiful day here, so I'm sure he wanted to enjoy it outside a little bit. But uh, no, it's just uh, precautionary early on, and you know, I'm sure. Um, I'm I'm not sure if he's going to play tomorrow. I haven't seen the lineups yet, but he will be back soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I thought um, he was really stiff on the puck, uh, good around the net, uh, good down low, um, and he wants to score goals. Um, he's just getting better and better, and we're going to continue to work with him and, and help him um, get into the North American style of game. So. And what's most impressive is that young stars, he was similarly stood out. Yeah. I mean, this has been a consistent thing for him. Yeah, he's a, he's a very competitive kid. Uh, he wants it. Um, I mean, uh, he's just uh, uh, learning and getting better every day, and that's what you want to see with the young players. And you talked a lot about needing to see more from your young guys, pushing guys in general. And, you know, you 
look at Hope Runner on a line that's not necessarily an NHL line. I mean, that seems to be that's the kind of message for him. Is that what you saw from him? What yeah, from him? absolutely. I, I think uh, Hoge has been, uh, you know, coming in here in great shape, um, and that's just. Uh, a good start for him and just uh, continue to push here and and obviously he's, he's a young player but uh, his tenacity and speed energy and all that uh, that's what we want to see here and in terms of Quinn Hughes I mean we saw in the scrimmage why you guys think he can make this work and, and are willing to give it a go I mean it was a pretty impressive I mean obviously it's just a scrimmage but pretty impressive performance from him playing on that yeah no I I think uh, both uh, him and OL are uh, you know skilled players and then I think both of them are capable of playing the right side so uh, definitely up to the coaches to make those decisions. What do you think of Dan DeKaiser here and, and just your, the organization's thoughts of bringing him in as a PTO? Yeah, I mean, Dan is a, is a vet. Uh, he's been around uh, 32 years old. He moves really well. Um, he's excited about the opportunity here, and uh, um, it's a good opportunity for us to, to, uh, to add more competition and, and see where he fits um, and just give him time here. Well, I think, uh, as I said, uh, I'm impressed and pleased with, with uh, the younger players. I think they uh, came in here with the right mindset about, you know, competition and uh, openings on, on roster spots. And, and uh, that's what we want to see. We want to see uh, internal competition. And um, I think, you know, a lot of them showed up and, and did really well here the first three days. Got a lot of performances where certainly looked like they belonged from some of the guys on AHL contracts. Um, as you think through sort of strategy, is there an opportunity for you to convert one of those guys? Have you seen enough? Has, has anyone made a strong enough case to maybe uh, be a consideration or be a call-up for you at some point this year? Yeah, I, I think there's always uh, opportunities, and I think that's where uh, you know we're recapping with the staff and, and see where the players are and want to have opinions from from my staff, and, and they know the players more than I do. Um, but for sure, um, all those guys uh, I'm pleased with and, and happy with their performance. How about Niels Hoaglander as a guy that you know Bruce has talked about really liking here at camp over the last few days after a tough season for him last year? How pleased have you been with him? Uh, as I said, very pleased. I was uh, very pleased how he um, showed up here in camp, uh, uh, being on top of the fitness testing um, and, and just had a good summer and, and it definitely shows out the nice there too. So um, again, it gives the coaches more options, how they want to have the lineup here uh, on the opening night in Edmonton. How nice is it to have all that internal competition here, especially on the wing with some of the guys you've brought in, but the guys really do have to earn their spot. Absolutely, and I think that's where you know good teams need uh, good depth. And uh, so far we're happy with what we were seeing here. When you start making moves or delegating guys or anything? Uh, we got to get through the game here tomorrow and then uh, we'll sit down as a staff and, and uh, there's a day off on Monday. So we'll see if, uh, if there is the first uh, round of cuts on Monday or depending on how healthy we're coming out of the games tomorrow here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That was, that was Canucks general manager Patrick Alvin speaking to the media uh, as his team winds down training camp. The last scrimmage is in the books. There is still one more practice to be had. It will be Group B, the group that won the scrimmage, featuring the likes of Elias Pedersen, his line mates, Andre Kuzmenko, and Ilya, and Ilya Mikheyev, excuse me, Niels Hoaglander, also a part of that, Danny DeKaiser and Tyler Myers 
uh, on the blue line for Group B. So they are still to practice here, but uh, as you heard Patrick Alvin giving some of his thoughts on what he's seen to this point uh, through training camp in Whistler. It's Canucks Hour here on Sportsnet 650. I'm Jamie Dodd. My co-host, Canucks insider Thomas Dranch. You heard him in that scrum with Patrick Alvin uh, getting some questions in, so he'll hustle his way back up uh, to our broadcast perch here at the Meadow Park Sports Center. We'll get Drancer back on the show momentarily. Uh, you know, and with Patrick Alvin, look, if we've learned anything about Patrick Alvin and his communication style since he's become the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, you know he is not going to give a lot away. He plays his cards pretty close to the vest. He can be pretty tight-lipped. That certainly continued uh, throughout the course of those questions and answers uh, that he gave to the media. You know, one highlight, just as a pure news and notes and update, Brock Besser did not participate in the scrimmage here today. We weren't exactly sure what was going on, but the message from Patrick Alvin was not worried about it. Uh, we'll see what the lineups look tomorrow, but uh, no, no concern from Canucks general manager Patrick Alvin about the health status of uh, one of his top players, Brock Besser. Some of the other comments, you know, one of the big themes from Alvin through the course of that availability was a real emphasis on letting the coaches make the lineup decisions, right? And even when he was asked about one of the big lineup decisions that's facing Bruce Boudreaux that, you know, we've all been keeping an eye on through training camp, which is the pairing of Quinn Hughes playing on his offside on the right side alongside Oliver ekman Larson. Look, obviously at a certain point, you know, Bruce Boudreaux didn't pull that out of thin air, right? That's going to happen in consultation with the players, of course, but also with the front office. But asked about it right now, what Patrick Alvin had to say is, yeah, they're both really skilled players. We know they're both capable of playing on the right side. And we'll let the coaches, we'll let the coaching staff figure out the best way, the, the way to get the most out of both of those players. I will return and talk a little bit more about Quinn Hughes and OEL, what we saw from them in the scrimmage uh, that just wrapped up about 20 minutes ago here in Whistler. Some other thoughts from Patrick Alvin. Again, not, uh, not giving that much away in terms of what he's overall thought, some of his impressions, but agreeing with Bruce Boudreau that Niels Hoaglanders looked good. You know, really seemed pleased with not just the young players knocking at the door or who have already established themselves in the NHL like Niels Hoaglander, uh, but farther down the depth chart as well. He said he was really pleased with how all the young players have come in. Come in with the right mentality uh, is what Patrick Alvin had to say. And, you know, he didn't list them by name, but we've talked about them a lot this week. Your Tristan Nielsen's, your Chase Waters, uh, Quinn Schmeeman. Go down the list. Unsigned players who are mostly on AHL deals, but figure to be a big part of this team's effort to rebuild the depth in the organization. And I thought it was very interesting that Alvin specifically highlighted them coming in with the right mentality because as we all know what do we hear over and over again it's building that identity building that culture right and if patrick alvin and the, and the coaching staff and the rest of management see that those players not just can contribute on the ice but they can be part of building that culture that they want that organizational culture at the ahl level as well that bodes well for their future with the vancouver canucks again just on the the news and notes side of things uh, they do have the split squad game tomorrow. So one game happening at Rogers Arena uh, between the Canucks and the Calgary Flames. One other game happening simultaneously in Calgary. The Vancouver edition of that 
will be on the airwaves here. Sportsnet 650 with Brendan Batchelor and Randy Janda calling the game. It's a 4 o'clock puck drop. We'll have full pre- and post-game coverage for you as well for that first preseason contest for the Vancouver Canucks. And Patrick Alvin said, you know, probably don't anticipate any cuts before tomorrow, before the split squad games. They'll sit down. They have a day off on Monday. They'll sit down, see how healthy they are, see where things stand, and maybe you'll see that first round of training camp preseason cuts come on Monday. It is Canucks Hour here on Sportsnet 650, wrapping up a special live Saturday extended edition live from Canucks training camp on day three here in Whistler. Jamie Dodd and uh, my co-host Thomas Trance now making his way back tableside after chatting along with the rest of the media to Canucks general manager Patrick Alvin following the scrimmage. And Drancer, look, I just gave my quick thoughts on what Patrick Alvin had to say, starting with, you know, it was a pretty typical Patrick Alvin press conference. And yeah, that, he didn't say all of that much. No, but, you know, we, we know that they're not concerned about Brock Besser's status. That, that's the main takeaway. Yeah, we know that, you know, we're probably not going to see cuts tomorrow, but looks like Monday. Keep an eye out on Monday for the club beginning the process of getting down to their numbers. There's 58 guys up here, plus Justin Telling, who's hurt. So, you know, there's a lot of work to do, right? There's going to be, what, 35 cuts here at yep. some point over the next two weeks? That's a lot. That's a lot. So, you know, a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, seemed pretty optimistic about some of the young players, some of what he'd seen from the young bodies at camp. Uh, you couldn't see it, but when I asked about the AHL guys and converting them, there was a bit of a smile. I wonder if there's something in the works. I wonder if someone's already done enough. Uh, that they've sort of put themselves pretty squarely on the well, Canucks' radar. If you want to transition into talking about the scrimmage, and we'll, we'll use that as a mm-hmm. jumping-off point, a guy who looked really good again using Tristan his Nielsen. Speed, Tristan Nielsen. Yeah, and well, and Ryan Johnson did sort of talk about Tristan Nielsen catching the attention of other teams at mm-hmm. Penticton. Wonder if there's, uh, wonder if there may be something there. Certainly, certainly there is something there in terms of the talent level, the effort level. We've seen it throughout camp. He looks like he belongs with a group of NHL players. And, and it stood out to me not just because it was Tristan Nielsen, but two of the defenders farther down the depth chart, or in Danny DeKaiser's case, uh, who is trying to make this team on a PTO basis. You know, Tristan Nielsen. He he used his speed to be Danny DeKaiser down the wing. He used his speed to be Brady Keeper down the wing as well so i mean obviously part of that is full credit to tristan nielsen for doing what he does best and playing his game but as we kind of monitor the foot speed and where they are in terms of the pace of the game for those two it stood out to me from their perspective as well for sure i did think the keeper was one of the big standouts in that scrimmage though that i agree was he a made some really good plays as well that was a tremendous sequence for him offensively he had some uh, dynamic movements carrying the puck that's not his bread and butter by any means but um, you know, I thought for the most part he looked good, continued to make a strong case. I thought that was Neil Zaman's strongest performance in any scrimmage and or young stars I thought it game. Was, it was that line's, the best that line has well, looked, certainly except in Well, I wouldn't say Hoaglander no, stood out relative to the way he had the it, first it two It wasn't Hoaglander's best performance, but as for the trio as a whole, and not for look, sure. Linus Carlson adds the empty netter late, but yeah. I thought even the goal he scored where, you know, he's using his frame and receives the puck he's in that kind of danger area for him yep. boom quick shot smart shot beats Thatcher Demko five full it it Carlson's a player for me who hasn't necessarily stood out at any point this week you've seen some flashes but you've also seen some of the question marks and I thought that kind of sequence was just all right that's the kind of thing that we're going to need to see more from him as he transitions and as you said Niels Amon uh, played pretty well yeah as well in this I, one. I'm still just a little bit concerned about Carlson's pace 
Um, the skill level is obvious. The shot is obvious. Mm -hmm. And I think he's got a particular skill in traffic where, you know, you can see that there's going to be something there at, in the North American professional ranks uh, with his area game. Like, his small area game is really well developed. The pace, I think, is going to take some time, and that's okay, you know? It's not uncommon for a player coming over from the international sheet, from that sort of environment into a more you know, rigorous, regimented NHL environment to, to have some work to do on their skating, right? What are the two things we say about every prospect? Strength and speed. Yeah. Strength and speed. As, uh, at like, clockwork. So, you know, the, nothing unusual there, but the pace I do think is going to be a work in progress and likely is going to keep him from being, like, a really strong short-term call-up option, I suspect. Uh, at least, you know, before Christmas in that sort of timeline. But, yeah, there's something there with the skill level. He showed it today once again. Yeah, a, a below-the-hash-marks player right now, right? Where 100%. When he gets to function in that environment, he, he has the ability to make things happen. It's the transition part of the games, uh, maybe also keeping up in the defensive zone sometimes that might give him a little bit of trouble. And let's say that Kuzmenko, that was the Kuzmenko moment. You know, That, if you that wanted, was the moment that sent the fans home happy, for yeah, sure. The, 100%. the Kuzmenko snipe to win the game. It's it, We'll get back into that right now, but yeah. uh, it is Canucks Hour here on Sportsnet 650. Final 10 minutes or so of our coverage here live from Canucks training camp. Ian Whistler, 650-650, if you have any late thoughts. So, yeah, let's talk about that because that was, as I said, the kind of standout moment. Well, for two, there were two for me. One we talked about earlier, which was JT Miller uh, bringing the hammer down on Elias Pettersson. The other one was Andre Kuzmenko in kind of a quick developing odd man numbers situation with Elias Pettersson. And, hey, you couldn't ask for a better decoy. You know, Pettersson opening his hips up, getting ready to take the one-timer. Should the pass come, instead Kuzmenko... And, and that's the thing that stood out to me most in a positive way about Kuzmenko through these three days is his shot. I, I don't know mm. that we had heard as much about his shot as we had some of the other elements of his game, but, I mean, he showed it there. Quick, sharp, accurate release, beats the goalie, and that stands up uh, as the game-winning goal. Yeah. The, yeah, I think you're right. Kuzmenko's shot has looked more developed than the passing part of his game, which tends to be his calling card. Uh, I think that's mostly because he's still getting used to protecting the puck against NHL defenders, against the caliber of competition that he's found in training camp. But he looked dangerous off the rush. Um, you know, he's a smart, smart, creative player. And that's immediately evident. It was immediate throughout practice today. You know, the pace issues, the fitness issues, you know, he was on the, he was on the ice with uh, his team defending the lead in the net empty. Mm -hmm. They didn't show up today. They didn't show up today. I don't think the team is concerned about it for what it's worth. Um, you know, what really what really played up today in terms of Kuzmenko's game was just the dynamic offensive elements. And, you know, I like that he was able to pick a really good player's pocket. This wasn't this wasn't Kuzmenko, the 26-year-old, you know, KHL star beating up on some, you know, fringe yeah, invitee yeah. or yeah. something, right? He picks JT Miller's pocket in the neutral zone and he scores a, a beauty, like a howitzer bar down shot. Um, it stands up as the game winner. That's what you want to see. I thought that was an, you know, a point of emphasis, like an exclamation mark from a guy who's made a very strong first impression overall. Uh, you know, not debating that after that scrimmage. You know, like he's left no room for debate. He's performed at a level where everyone in this management group, everyone on this team, will go home and say that there's something there. There's something really interesting going on with Kuzmenko, Patterson, and Mikhail. And one of the things we had talked about, right, over the, the first couple of days was we hadn't really seen 
the chemistry from that trio pop. We hadn't seen the combinations, you know, in the scrimmage they had played previously, those kinds of, you know, we'd seen some transition plays, some nice moments from Elias Pedersen, but we hadn't seen the really, the three of them really combine in the offensive zone to look dangerous. And I had to laugh because Brendan Batchelor calling play-by-play about, oh, I don't know, a third of the way in or halfway through the scrimmage kind of said the same thing. You know, that line hasn't really been noticeable yet so far. And then they started to become really noticeable, not just on the goal, uh, that Kuzmenko scored, but we also saw some moments of, you know, extended offensive zone pressure, making plays, stringing some passes together uh, in the attacking zone, and more than anything, because there's no doubt about, you know, the the, the quality that all three players have, and that all three players can help the team, but you're going to need to see that chemistry continue to develop and show that it, they're not just individually talented players, but they actually mesh together. They can help elevate each other's games. And again, look, just a scrimmage. They were the not tired team, so they have all those advantages, and maybe that helped them kind of step up uh, as the game went along, as they had the fresh legs. But they did what they you wanted to see them do, and they showed off some of that uh, potential chemistry that they could keep developing here, Jancer. For sure. And look, we we'd be remiss to uh, depart. You know, our special extended three hours plus batch calling the game Canucks hour extended weekend edition today without commenting on the fact that Brock Besser practiced with Group A, B? Uh, he, was, he was part of Group A. Group A. Practiced with Group A prior to the scrimmage, was held out of the scrimmage for precautionary reasons. Alvin did not sound concerned nope. in, any, in any sense, but isn't sure if he'll play tomorrow. Uh, a situation to track, but not one to worry about, I don't think. Uh, based on the public commentary on the matter and the fact that it was just precautionary from the team's perspective. But Brock Besser did not play in the scrimmage. Uh, We'll see exactly when he returns to practice and potentially play in a preseason game with this group. Uh, No doubt about it. It's uh, definitely uh, uh, something to watch. But, yeah, good to hear from Patrick Alvin that uh, he does not sound at least concerned about Brock Besser's status. All right, the other thing that we should kind of put a bow on and talk about, Drancer, because it was something that we've been following, obviously, and we're specifically going to be watching going into the scrimmage, uh, was the performance of the Quinn Hughes-Oliver Ekman-Larsen pairing, and I thought it looked significantly better and significantly smoother for those two today, and the thing I thought was interesting was it wasn't as if Quinn Hughes came out and all of a sudden was, you know, stapled to the right side of the ice, and yeah, I'm going to be uh, your kind of textbook, de- uh, dictionary definition, right side defenseman, there were still moments where he was exploring, where he was roving, where he was getting into other areas of the ice, but it seemed easier. It seemed smoother to do that. There was more fluidity with him and Oliver ekman Larson. Yesterday it felt like you could really see the gears turning with Quinn Hughes. Today it felt just a lot more natural and a lot smoother. Uh, and his commentary on the matter is that he's more comfortable on the right side. He thinks it gives him a little more time offensively. Uh, he doesn't have to turn to shoot. He thinks it's easier to defend the rush. He seems to prefer it. And, and you know, it seems genuine when he says it. Quinn Hughes doesn't tend to mince words, right? If he wasn't, if it was an adjustment, I think he'd say it was an adjustment. He feels like he's better there. He genuinely seems to feel that way. So uh, we'll see how this trends. I was impressed with what we saw today. He looked like Quinn Hughes again. He didn't look like Quinn Hughes to me in the first game um, or the first scrimmage. We'll learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot over the next two weeks. So uh, takeaway from Whistler is that it looks like, I think it's fair to say it looked like a work in progress, and yet we saw the proof of concept that Quinn Hughes can level up in an awful hurry. 
when it comes to doing cool stuff on the ice. He did a lot of cool stuff today, including one sequence walking the line where it was just the sort of the sort of sequence, whether it's a scrimmage or a game. You know, he's one of like five people in the world who can handle the puck like that and walk the blue line like that with pressure uh, facing him. It was. You know, scintillating. Nothing nothing short of incredibly cool and fun to watch. And he had a couple moments rushing the puck up the ice, you know, combining with Oliver Ekman Larson offensively yep. to to get OEL as he's talked about, more involved in the play in the offensive zone, in particular uh, on one shift where they were out there with the Miller, Pearson, uh, Pearson and Michael Regish uh, line in place of Brock Besser, but they had some good sustained offensive zone time uh, and were creating chances. That's a good way to put it, right? He looked like Quinn Hughes. He looked like a guy who's going to tilt the ice and, you know, as we talked about he's shown a remarkable ability early in his nhl career to adapt to learn new things to add new elements to his game and just the difference between the first scrimmage we saw him on the right side and today it was noticeable the trajectory is going upwards it is going in the right direction for that experiment now the next test comes okay do it when teams wearing a different color than you different team than you in preseason games and we'll see when quinn hughes and Oliver ekman Larson uh, get a chance to do that at some point early in the preseason. 6.50-6.50 again, final few minutes here uh, of our special live coverage from Canucks training camp in Whistler. The final on-ice session for training camp is now underway. Uh, it is Group B, the group that won the scrimmage featuring Elias Pettersson, Andre Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikheyev. They are on the ice now. Uh, after this, it'll be a wrap. We'll hear from Bruce Boudreau and then already Drancer tomorrow. I mean, there's actually NHL games on the ice right now, or at least there were earlier NHL in the day. Preseason NHL action. preseason action is Let's happening. Go. Catch the fever. I know there was a, an Catch. Ottawa Senators split squad game happening today. If that doesn't get Toronto you, Maple Leafs. If that doesn't get you excited, how, how what are you will? calling it? How, but how does that Ottawa Senators ex- split squad game ex- affect the Maple Leafs, Jamie? <laughs> well, that's what you have to ask. Yourself. I mean, at least they're directly involved in it, so it's it's fair. That's true. It's fair to ask how it will affect them. <laughs> the real question would be how does tomorrow's Canucks Flames split squad game right, affect, the, affect Leafs, yeah. the Maple Leafs? That would be the real question. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, all of a sudden, I mean, we're uh, we're just basically 24 hours away at four o'clock puck drop at rogers arena tomorrow split squad game uh with the calgary flames and you know it's going to be look typically obviously the you keep your better players at home for the the home edition of a split squad oh yeah i'm gonna be fascinated to see what the canucks lineup looks like at rogers arena also what the flames lineup looks like at rogers the the good thing for the flames is i think you you know that milan lucic is going to get sent home right because yeah it's an opportunity to go home you always so that's an easy one for them. Um, you know, this probably a very young team. I'd expect maybe I would six, expect so. six guys uh, who sort of meet that veteran status that are skaters and then probably a backup goaltender. I wonder if we might see Dustin Wolf, who struggled a little bit in Penticton. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Wolf uh, start for the Flames in that game. And then, you know, you go sort of down like one guy I'd love to see, and I hope we do get to see on Vancouver Ice because I'm going to be there live and I'm sure you're going to be there live. But Jacob Pelliche did not have uh, his finest uh, Penticton Young Stars tournament, but remains a really interesting prospect from the Flames' perspective. A 20-year-old player could make a big difference for them this year. His real proving ground, right? Like, he he's in that class of guys for whom Penticton didn't mean a ton. Right. But now, now's the time for him to begin to build his case to be on Calgary's roster, like top nine forward on a really good team, 
with a ton of competition, you know, also aiming for that job, including Sonny Milano, right? Including, you know, Connor Zary, including uh, a ton of guys that, you know, Matthew Phillip, who the Flames have in their system. So he's going to be one guy that I'm interested in. I would expect that we see some of the same lines that the Canucks sort of trotted out here. So, you know, wonder if we might see like a Tristan Nielsen, Waters, Klimovich fourth line. Uh, Probably the Miller line uh, sticks around. Uh, I wonder if they send the Horvat line and so they keep Miller and Patterson for the home crowd. Uh, and then, you know, I would certainly expect that we'll see Hughes and all of Reckman-Larsen uh, play on Canucks ice tomorrow uh, with sort of, you know, the, the DeKaiser class filling out that roster uh, going out to Calgary. Yeah, it'll it'll be it, interesting to see how they approach it. I wouldn't it, be surprised to see maybe uh, Lazar, Joshua, Dickinson in Calgary as well. Yeah, to get, for sure. Check off some NHL vets that you makes, send out ma- there. Makes some sense. Makes yeah. sense. And you you might want to see a, a player like a, a, like a Neil Zoman or a, a guy in that sort of tier uh, sort of see if he can prove to be defensively reliable, right, in a, in a hostile environment, right? It's It's a pretty interesting place to go make your case in some ways, particularly if you're a guy like Oman who's, you know, fringes of, of like a very much a dark horse candidate to make the roster. But but if they do, the, if he does, if he makes it interesting over the next 10 days, it's really going to be his defensive game that does it. Always interesting to see if they send a player like that out to uh, to compete. Uh, that's going to do it for us here in Whistler. Drancer, it has been awesome over the last three days. Tons of fun. Shout out to everyone for listening and texting Thank you. in. Uh, we're getting lots of texts saying how much people appreciate the coverage. That means a lot. Thank you to Brenda Batchelor for jumping on. Shout out to Lena Satagian, who was on location with us Thursday and Friday. Uh, and shout out to Justin Morissette, who's back at the studio running the show today. Again, split squad game, the first preseason game. 4 o'clock puck drop tomorrow at Rogers Arena. You'll hear it here on Sportsnet 650 with Brendan Bachelor and Randy Janda. Full pre- and post-game coverage. Canucks hockey back at Rogers Arena. season is here. It's fantastic. You've got it on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.